Uh, this morning, we're going to continue on the series From Death to Life. And I want to review real quick these last three parts and just encourage you, if you haven't watched or listened to the last three parts, go back and listen to those. Uh, and here's what we've learned so far. Don't panic in the pause, right? Jesus is always in control. Also, don't miss the point of the moment. Sometimes we don't have things figured out. We don't, like something hits us, you know, sideways, and we don't have to have that figured out. As a matter of fact, Proverbs 20, 24 says this, the Lord directs our steps, so why try to understand everything along the way? God is in control. And then we learned that Jesus is calling us beyond belief about him into a relationship with him. We learned that healthy grief is, it is healthy, it is a process, and it is centered in Christ. And then this, that, that when we call Jesus and we invite him and we say, Jesus, come and see, right? Like they did, they, they, wanted, to, they wanted Jesus to see the source, come and see the source of our grief. And so he turns and then he invites us to come and see that he is good, that he is gracious, that he is merciful, and that he is love. And so today what we're going to do, we're going to be in John 11. We're going to continue in John 11. We're going to pick up on verse 38 this morning. It's going to be, I encourage you to turn if you have your Bible. It'll also be up here on the screen, but, but read with me here. Uh, in verse 38 it says this, Jesus was still angry. As he arrived at the tomb, a cave with a stone rolled across its entrance. Roll the stone aside, he told them. Jesus told them. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested, Lord, he has been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. Jesus responded, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? So they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me, but I said it out loud. But I say it out loud for the sake of all these people standing here so that they will believe you sent me. And then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out. His hands and feet were bound with grave clothes, his face wrapped in a head cloth. Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. And it continues in verse 45. Many people who were with Mary believed in Jesus when they saw this happen, but some went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. Man, I mean... What a few verses there, right? And so we want to start, I want to break it down into, into three sections here. Uh, in verses 38 through 40, we still see Jesus is still upset. And why wouldn't he be? There hasn't been much time lapse. And, and so he's still upset. Why is he upset? Remember, he is filled with disdain for death. He sees that sin has caused death. This is the, this is the, Jesus, the creator of all things, remember, he's standing in the middle of the muddled mess. This isn't how things were supposed to be. Not only that, he's also looking forward, he's seeing forward to his own death. 
And so here's what he says. Roll away the stone. And now here we have Martha, right? Martha's protesting. She's like, Lord, yo, he's been dead for four days. The smell's going to be terrible. And like, right, Jesus needed to be reminded of this. Suddenly, Jesus had forgotten how to do math. He had forgot. Jesus was like, oh, I thought it was three days only. Okay, no, here is the deal. The reality is this. We can poke fun at Martha's like unbelief because we know the rest of the story. But if we're going to sit down, if we're going to have a conversation, if we're going to be honest with one another, are we any different from Martha sometimes? Like these are the real questions that we have to ask. Do you, like me, do you ever tell God what is going on? And I don't mean it like this. Not in this way, like, God, I need you right now. Like, I'm lost. I, can't, I cannot go on without you. I need you right now in this situation. Rather, I'm talking about this way. God, you don't understand. See, I don't know if you're like me. I've said that before. God, you don't understand. Now, we're talking to the creator of all things. You don't understand. Here's what we might say. You don't understand what I'm going through. Or how could you do this to me? You can't understand my situation. You don't understand what I really need. And let me just tell you right now, God understands. And here's how Jesus replies to this. He says this, and I love his reply to Martha. He says, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe. If you believe. Now here's what I want to take away from these, from these few short verses. Here's the takeaway. is this. God is not looking for your insight. He's looking for your trust. He's looking for you to lean into Him. He doesn't need your insight. He has got it all under control. And so we move on then in verses 41 through 44. The next section that I want to cover is this. Here's the one. Oh, can you imagine? Well, we're going to imagine the scene a little bit later. But the stone is rolled away. We see Jesus thanking God. We see him calling Lazarus out of the tomb. And then we see Lazarus coming out of the tomb. And here's what I want us to understand. When, when Jesus rolls up to the rolls up to the tomb, he didn't just start praying, right? Like, that's like, I know you've done this. I know I've done this, right? When we should have been studying, right, and we, we roll up into the test, and the test gets put down in front of us, and then we start praying, okay? Jesus didn't do that. Jesus, think about this. Think about when he waited to come over. He found out the news Lazarus is dead. Okay. He waited and then he said, okay, two days later, he said, okay, now let's go. This was not an accident. What do you think he might have been doing in that time period? He was praying, right? And he wasn't sending out some desperate cry to God. Here's what he's doing because here's what Jesus understood. Prayer wasn't just his pleading. It was him listening. And here's what I'm learning and we're taking, I encourage you, if you have not taken the seven realities, small group, little plug here for our small groups, 
I encourage you to take that class. It is amazing. And here's one thing that I have, I have learned from this, and it verbalized it for me. It said this, prayer is not just about, oh, we're, we're, we're crying out, and that's part of it, right? Prayer actually puts us in the position to hear God, to conform to His will. It isn't, God, come and, come and get in my plans and let me form you into where I need you to fit. It's, a prayer is an attitude that says, God, I want to fit into what you're doing. And so while Jesus is on the other side of the, of the Jordan, what he's saying is he's praying the whole time. God, let your will be done. God, come and move. God, come and have your way. That's what he's praying. And so he continues this as he goes up to the tomb. And now he had been praying. He had been listening to the Father. And when they rolled away the stone, Jesus thanked God. He said, thank you for hearing me. Thank you for hearing me. I want to tell you in that moment, Jesus also thanked God for his nose. Okay? Now, you might, Jesus thanked God for his nose. Yes, because here's what he knew. They rolled the stone away. There was not the stench of death. There was the smell of life. And then he thanks God and he says, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me, but I'm going to say it so that these here will believe in you. Oh, man. And then he does this. He shouts, right? Here's what I'm going to say so that these people will believe in you. He shouts, Lazarus. Come out. Now, I want, we cannot, we have to stop here for a second. We can't just, this can't just be glazed over. I want us to picture the scene. If you want to where you are, uh, on the lazy boy, on your couch, okay, picture the scene with me. If you want to close your eyes, that's fine. Get a grip on the intensity of the moment, Right? You are, you're part of the crowd here, right? And you're going up, you're going up to this, this, this tomb, uh, this cave, and, and Jesus is shouting to a dead man who's been dead for four days now, and he says, Lazarus, come out. Y what? Okay, here's the deal. Then the dead guy comes out. He's got grave clothes on. His head's wrapped up. I don't know if he knew, how he knew where he was even going, okay? But he comes out, and he's, he's alive. Now, you know you've been mourning for four days now with Mary and Martha, with the family, and now he, he's alive. Now, think about this. Chill bumps, boom, just pop. I mean, everybody had chill bumps running down their back, running down their neck, all over their arms. We see tears falling. We see jaws hitting the floor. You know there's that one person there, too, that's like, oh, heck no, nah, man, I'm out of here. Like, this ain't for me, right? And then you know, I'm just going to be honest with you, somebody cussed. Like, let's be honest. Dude, you see a dead man walking out of the grave. I mean, it was an intense scene. So Lazarus is alive. What? Wow. He brings him back to life. But here's what I want us to realize about Lazarus. Lazarus would die again. 
See, this story, <laughs> we think Lazarus is the main character. Jesus is the main character here. All right? We see Jesus because Jesus is also going to die. But the difference between Jesus and Lazarus is that Jesus would die. He would defeat death, but he is raised to eternal life. Never to die again. And so here's what I want to take from this, from this little subsection of, the, of this text is this. Right now, while you're here, while you're watching, whether it's this morning or whether it's some other time, Jesus is interceding for you. He is pleading to God for you. It says this in Romans 8, 34. Check it out. It says this. Who then will condemn us? No one. And I encourage you. Let me just stop right here. I encourage you. Read Romans 8. Whole thing. No one for Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. He is seating or he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand. This one, this one right here, the NLT says, the New Living Translation says, pleading for us. If you look in the ESV, New King James, um, Amplified, uh, the American Standard Version, it says interceding, all right? So I want you to get this idea. Here's Jesus who's interceding. He's praying for us. Now, this is the ultimate for me uh, of Jesus loving us. Wow, I mean, Jesus is interceding for you and I right now. Just as he was praying for this situation, with, he was pleading to God, he was listening to God about Lazarus, he is absolutely praying for you and I right now. And just like Lazarus, guess what? He's calling us. He's calling you from death to life. I want to look real quick at a passage in Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. Now listen to this with uh, intent. We want to say, okay, God, what are you saying right now? Since you have been raised, can we get that on the screen? Yeah, okay, thank you. Since you've been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Remember now, he was at the right hand. He's interceding for, him, for us in Romans 8. So he's at the right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth, for you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in his glory. Wow. So, so one day, even though this life will end in death, one day we will share in the eternal life that is found in Jesus. It says our life is found in Christ. I mean, that is amazing to me that, that Christ is praying for us and then he invites us and he calls out to us and he loves us so much that he's calling us from death to life. And then we finish here. 
in verses 45 and 46, it says, Many believed in Jesus when they saw this, but some went to the Pharisees. Some people believed in Jesus, and some didn't. But here's our, this puts us in, in a kind of strange situation because we, sometimes I feel like we take the obligation on like, oh man, I just, I want, like, I'm supposed to save people. You're not going to save anyone. All right? I just want people to trust in Jesus. That's more of the attitude. I want people to trust in Jesus. Here's what I encourage you then. Live out a life that is centered in Christ. People will see that in your life. And those people who, who Christ is also calling out to, who he is praying for, they have to make a decision. Okay, it's the Holy Spirit that draws people to himself. They have to make a decision. Nothing you can do can save anyone. But I encourage you this. Keep living a life that is hope-filled because we're hopeful that Christ is alive and he is well, and we know this. We gonna, we're going to keep leaning into him. We're going to keep trusting him. We're going to keep living out the hope because our life is found in Christ. He's calling to you. He's interceding for you. He loves you so much that he gave up his own life. That he experienced death and then was raised to eternal life. And that's how we can be found in him. And I've been saying this for the last couple of weeks is this. God is at work always. He is continuously at work around us all of the time. And what we have to do is this. We have to open our eyes to see where his activity is is taking place. Here's what I encourage you and I to do. Slow down a little bit so that we can see where God is moving. Don't be in such a rush that we miss the opportunities that he's placing right before us. So today what we're going to do is this. We're going to take communion together. Again, from death to life and communion just brings us into this focus on Jesus, right? Like Jesus is, is making us new. There's a transformation that's happening. And so what we want to do right now, if you don't have your bread, wine, or juice, here's what I encourage you to do. Go grab that real quick. I'm going to keep going, but you go grab that real quick. And I want to say this, as we, as we remember Right? Jesus said, take this in remembrance of me. As we remember, here's what I want to do. I want to invite the Holy Spirit to come right now, where we are, where you are, right now. He is not just in a church building. He is in the church, which is you and I. So here's what I want to do. I want to pray over the elements we have the bread and I have some juice here. And, and so I just want to lift these up. God, thank you so much that you made a way for us. That when we take these elements, yes, it's just juice and it's just a wafer. But God, we come and we say, would you come in your presence 
Would your presence be real even now? Holy Spirit, would you come and move in our hearts? As we take the bread and you said that this is your body that was given for us and as we take the juice and, and this is your blood that was shed for us as a, as a symbol of the new covenant. God, that, that you gave up your life that we could enter into your presence freely. And then, and then you were raised from the dead to eternal life. And we can enter in to your presence because you have paved a way for us. And we thank you, Jesus. Let's take the bread together. And let's take the juice. God of mercy, would you come today and would you fill us with your joy and your peace? I want to give you an opportunity right now. If you're there, you're watching, you're listening, is this. Man, you're thinking, I need Jesus. I need it. And here's what I would say to you. Even if you're in this situation and you don't fully understand it, you don't have this theological background that covers from A to Z, good news, neither do I. But you feel something pulling on your heart that says, God, there must be more. Here's what I want to invite you to do. I want to invite you to, to trust in Jesus, to trust your life into Jesus' hand. And there's a, there's a button uh, in the chat window right now that you can press and, and it says, hey, uh, you know, I want, I want to receive salvation. We call it salvation. It's this. It's, it's trusting that Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords and that we're going to trust our lives to him. And I want to encourage you this morning, if that's you, that you can do that. And I want to pray with you even right now. Father, would you come and move? Would you have your way? We pray that, that you would come and, and fill your people with your spirit. That you would come even right now to people that are saying yes to you. That you would come and that you would fill them with peace and hope and joy right now, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. And if that's you and you said, yes, I want to give my life to Jesus, someone will be in contact with you this week about that decision. And it's the best decision that you have ever made in your life. And so I just want to encourage you as you go out that you are you are to live out the hope of Jesus Christ. That because Jesus gave it all, you can live your real life that's found in Christ.
And so I just encourage you with that this morning as you go out and maybe some of you are, are moving out, you're out and about now, uh, and some of you are, you know, you're going to stay in for a little bit longer. Here's what I want to encourage you. Be Christ to the people around you. Have a fantastic Sunday and a great week. We'll see you back here next Sunday at 10 a.m. Peace.